This is the OBG Apparel Podcast. Wait, uh, I'm not understanding. Why does an apparel company have a podcast, though? Because they're that awesome. What is up, guys? We have another long-form podcast coming at you. We have on this episode, we have Mike Mayako, one of our designers, um, he designed the Bare Fruit, the Tetelestai, the guy's a rock star. Um, we just talked to him about art and Jesus and kind of losing his calling a little bit. He played professional baseball for some time and he always thought that's what he was going to do. And then he became an artist kind of in that season. It just was a, it's a really cool podcast, especially for those of you who might be kind of wrestling with like, man, what is God calling me to? I feel like there was this thing I was running after and, and, and I might be wrong and it might be a totally different direction. And so I think that's really encouraging to realize that Man, God moves in ways that we're not expecting him to. And I think that's what's so beautiful about how God moves is that it's it's not just a playbook that we can read and everything's like, oh, that's exactly how my life's going to go. It's going to be perfect. And so he walks us through some of how that happened in his own life. So I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, please subscribe, please review, please share this with friends. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, this is one of our kind of our, our passion projects here at ODG Apparel. I really enjoy it. And so, yeah, if you enjoy it, let us know. We want to hear it. And so here's Mike Miyako. Hey guys, we have another long form podcast for you. We have one of our designers, Mike. How do you pronounce your last name again, Mike? Mayako. Mayako. Mike Mayako, the brains and the brawn and the hair behind some of the coolest designs that we have on ODG Apparel. Mike, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. Yeah, thank you for those compliments. Um, I appreciate it. Of course. It. Definitely, definitely the hair because we had a lot of uh, figuring out off air how to do this mic thing with you because your hair was just getting all over the place. Yeah, but, the I mean, I feel like are... you can't be a good artist without a good set of hair. Yeah, the locks is not are possible. just uh, interrupting the, the microphone feed, but we're good now. So We're good. We figured it out. So I'll give a little backstory to who you are and then you can kind of introduce yourself. So when I first got the idea to play around with ODG Apparel and started... I had already had a few designs made up, but was kind of looking to take the designs to the next level and somehow, some way got connected through a friend and a friend and a friend. And, and we got connected because we went to school to the same school, but not at the same time. And so we've just had a really cool relationship since then of kind of being the the person that I could kind of call up and text and say, Hey, I have this idea. What, what can we do art wise? And so, so you're, you're the brains behind a lot of the, the best ones that we have. And so Kind of introduce yourself to the the people listening. Kind of who are you? What are you up to? What's life look like for you? And, and, and kind of just introduce yourself. Yeah, totally. Well, um, I'm Michael Mayako, and um, I live in Florida, and uh, I'm in seminary right now. I'm getting my master's in theology and my master's in divinity. Uh, I love uh, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I got married about a year and a half ago, um, so that's been real awesome and real exciting and real humbling. Um, I love art. I love creativity. Um, I was a baseball player for most of my life, so I was always like riding this balance between like this athlete and this artist. Um, so I've kind of been in these two really polar opposite worlds. Um, and yeah, that's kind of um, I kind of I don't know. I, I guess um, I guess I started doing art like when I was. Um, like very little I, I still remember seeing like I went I went and visited um some like relatives recently and saw like one of my drawings from when I was like four years old on their fridge and they still had it and it was David and Goliath and um so I always remember kind of like having this creative drive and this way to express myself um through more than words and um so I've always kind of been like I've always been interested in art but kind of just let it really uh i mean even recently i still feel like i'm discovering what it means to be an artist and what it means to even more so like serve jesus and be an artist with that so that's awesome and so speaking of which now you're back at flagler right you're back at flagler beach right um doing art what what does that look like kind of as you're in school doing seminary stuff like still doing art and what's like the latest thing that you've been doing art wise to kind of keep us updated on that right um so i own my own um art company my own creative company so um we actually made a short film back um about two months ago so came off the heels of that and took a little bit of a, a christmas break a little a little after that and then um just got back from atlanta where i went up to this uh, really awesome um mission conference and and did uh 
two sets of art pieces. I did an art piece based off of um, the concept of being uh, taken, blessed, broken, and given, like the bread of Christ. And uh, and then I did a, a art piece uh, based on uh, how Christ is the lion and the lamb and what that kind of... Mm. Uh, that duality looks like in those paradoxes and the paradoxes of Christ throughout scripture, like how he's like justice and mercy and a lion and a lamb and just how that's so beautiful of him. And um, so mm. I just got done with that. Um, and now just kind of figuring out uh, what's next. I have a couple of like cool projects coming up. So, so we'll, I'm always doing stuff. <laughs> You're always, I, I feel like I, I follow you on Instagram and I'm always like, man, that is so cool. Like how does he even, like the the lion and the lamb thing was powerful. I think it, the coolest thing was you did it in like a few minutes, right? Isn't it like a live right, piece yeah, that yeah. you did in like a few I minutes? It, um, I think, oh man, we did it to this awesome song um, called Is He Worthy? And I think the song is like four minutes and 31 seconds was the track that they gave me to practice to. Um, we did a little scripture reading at the beginning, so they bought me a little bit of time, maybe like a minute. <laughs> so I think it was like five and a half minutes, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It was so, it was so powerful. And I thought it was really cool. Even the piece before I didn't, I didn't see, I don't know if I saw the one, the idea of blessed, you said blessed, broken. Being, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. was the other thing? Being taken, blessed, broken, given. And, uh, this, blessed, broken, taken, yeah. this idea of, um, how the bread of Christ was taken, blessed, broken and given. Um, so must mm-hmm. the lives of believers be taken by God, blessed by God, um, broken and given to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow, that's so powerful. Yeah. So it was, um, so I've been doing some really cool stuff and, um, the Lord, I don't know. It's, it's so funny. I, I don't have these projects planned out like months and months and months in advance. It's, I always just feel like they just come right before me and, uh, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> and, and how's your wife? Like, I mean, that's a pretty interesting lifestyle to live. Right. Is she like on board with it and just loves it? Oh yeah. Well, she's also an artist. She's actually um, way better than I am, in my opinion. And, uh, <laughs> in, a, in like uh, in a lot of different types of art, she's way better than I am. But she studied fine art in college. Um, oh wow! So she's really good. So we kind of um, we're kind of both living this um, like freelance artist life together, and it's really beautiful and wonderful. That's so cool. I'm so like. Yeah, I'm always so blown away by your stuff. And even now that you're like, I keep having this phrase, just ring in my head that idea of that taken, blessed, broken, and given. That is so, such a simple reality. But when you really sit there and think about it, I mean, man, I, just a really powerful truth. I'm like kind of hung up on it. I can't keep going. I can't walk walk away from it. It's so <laughs> yeah, good. it's a, it, it, it came from this, this concept um, from this book that me and my wife read. Um, uh, it's called... Uh, the Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. And, mm, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, and so he, he talks about that concept, and I just thought, like, like as an artist, I was like, all right, this is like a gold mine. Like, the imagery is so incredible mm. and so rad. Like, how can I not make something based off this? So, Well, I even the the book I keep thinking of, and I would really encourage you to, to read, um, it's not perfect. There's some things about it I don't love. I'm always kind of like that when it comes to books, but... I'm sort of like a book snob, but there's a book called The Broken Way um, by mm-hmm. a woman named Ann Voskamp. Um, and it's one of those books that my wife was reading and she was like, oh, you should read this, but I don't think you'll love her writing style. It's, it's just not, I'm very like a two plus two equals four kind of guy. Like, give me the information. It doesn't need to be written pretty. Right. Like, just give me the information. But she writes it like a story. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll try it. And I was blown away. I mean, it's one of the better books I've read in a long time. So I would encourage anybody to read it. But her whole point was the idea of kind of that phrase that you talk about. It's just that like the bread of Christ, him, he had to be broken. And so if we're going to follow in his footsteps, like he had to be, bro- we have to be broken. And so like she just really harps on that truth throughout the whole book of like how like Christ, when he thanked the, the father for the bread, like he broke it. Like he was thanking him for the breaking. Like she just used that phrase a lot, like thanking him for the breaking. Mm. And it's like, we, we struggle in our culture to thank God for the breaking, but yet that breaking is what's necessary. Like it's in the breaking that God makes us live. Right. Like, I don't know. I'm totally just preaching a sermon at this point, but it's a really cool truth. Yeah. No, that's sick. I, uh, yeah, I think it's like a truth too. That's just like, I mean, even in scripture, like people struggle to, to wrestle with. I just think of like Naomi in the story of Ruth, you know, mm-hmm. like 
um, kind of like Ruth's adopted mom, um, her mother-in-law really, um, that, you know, like she literally renamed herself Bitter, like after mm. her husband and her two sons died. And um, yeah, and I mean, this is someone that like literally the um, was the mother-in-law of the lineage of Christ. And, mm. you know, like things kind of went sour for her and she literally renamed herself Bitter. And I like, I am so on board with that because I think like, um, yeah, in the faith journey, when there are times where we just start breaking, where we just honestly want to rename ourselves bitter and, and honestly want to name God bitter and like just rename all the God, the names of God we've known as, as love and, and mercy and, and good, um, and just completely, you know, write the opposite about him. Um, but that's such the beautiful thing is when we can come to grips with that, that there is something so beautiful about being broken by the mm. Lord because um, then we can be given to this world. So no, it's yeah. no, it's like I I I'm probably barking up a tree I shouldn't, but like I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but it is always really encouraging when you and I chat that like you have such a love for scripture, because I feel like sometimes in our culture we feel like you need to be one or the other, and like I think that's kind of the thought behind even this brand, like that like you can't be artistic and beautiful and like still believe in like a truth as like black and white truth of who got it. Does that make sense what totally. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No. And like, like, do you run up against that even in like the circles you run in where it's like, Hey, like we get it. Jesus is cool. But like, you got to kind of be like pluralistic and think about a lot of different gods and be spiritual, but not like be about the Bible. Right. Right. And then I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I love the Bible so much. And like, um, you know, like starting to learn Hebrew and um, being able to read a little bit of it slowly, hopefully more one day, um, in its original Hebrew and being able to study it, you're just kind of like, how does art, how do artists not love this book? I mm, mean, like this, good. this story that's been crafted over thousands and thousands of years that have this, um, this promised savior, literally from like page two of the Bible all the way to the end. Um, just all over the place and the imagery that's used in the all the different writing styles I mean it's like an artist's like dream book and um, so I I think just like I think that's the problem is like we've learned to read scripture um, kind of through a pinhole of Mm -hmm. like um, it should be read like this and only read like this and only understood like this and so I mean, what we're seeing is through a pinhole and, and it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate because I mean, like what scripture is trying to communicate in all the ways it's communicating it is mind blowing. I mean, I like, I'm constantly having my mind blown with like, wait, Jesus really said this. Like, do we hmm. understand what this means? And it just like, it's, it's so much more now. I feel like I like the way the circles that I ran and like growing up, it was always like, read the Bible and do what it says. Um, and there's always this like heart disconnect um, because it just like, I don't know, it went from me reading it with my eyes to then like trying to do it with my hands and it just like missed my heart. Whereas I think now like studying scripture um, with its original context, it's just like overflowing my heart. And I'm like, I have to do this with my hands. Like it, like, mm-hmm. I can't like this can't go into my heart and I do nothing about it. Um, so I, I, I just I love the Bible. Everyone should read it. Something that makes me think about Mike is like even like my story for, for faith and coming to faith when I was in college. So I grew up in the church, um, but similar to you, I feel like grew up hearing here's the things you need to do um, and just it never becoming real life for me. I thought it did. Like, I think if I looked back in that moment, I thought it was real life. And then I went to college and within two years was like parting my face off and realized, wait a second, I thought I believed this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like by God's grace, and I say that tr- like literally by God's grace, everyone in my f- life in college was an atheist. Everyone was like, did not believe in Jesus, did not believe in God, thought I was dumb for even saying it. And so for me, they were constantly pushing me and constantly saying, but wait, why do you believe that? What do you believe? And I, so I, I wrestled with it. And so Flagler's not the most, um, Flagler's a pretty liberal school. And yeah. so 
all my teachers were doing the same thing and I'm thankful for it because I just was put in a position where I'm like, what do I believe and why do I believe it? And so for two years, I spiraled out of control because my, my identity was wrapped up in what I thought I believed growing up. And so when I didn't have that anymore, when I didn't have Jesus, because I was like, even for, for, you know, referring myself as an atheist at this point in college, because I was like, man, I don't know what I believe. Um, and so my, my tail end of my junior year, my tail end of my sophomore year, by God's grace, like I really was like, I think I'm going to pursue Jesus because I just felt so empty inside. I didn't feel like I knew it, what would the reason I woke up in the morning. And I thought Jesus, I just saw Jesus differently. You know, I started reading the Bible for the first time and realizing, wait, he is different, right? He's yeah. not this kind of like fluffy white dude yeah. who like smiles awkwardly, right? Like he's more than this. And so for me, it was like, right, I'm going to take this seriously. And so going into my junior year, a story that I probably look forward to like telling the story one day on camera, like for, for ODGs, like content but the i mean this story changed my life and it made me think of it when you said what you said like man we got to really believe this stuff right jesus what he said is true or it isn't and if it's true like we got to act we got to do with our hands and so i was my junior year i just spent the whole summer like really committing my life to jesus and like changing and so there was a new recruit on the tennis team who was from another school and he was an atheist and he was from sweden and so we were all like at some meteor shower one night at flagler beach mm-hmm. and He's brand new. So he, semester before, I'm partying with all my friends. This semester, I'm not. And he's like, hey, I heard you used to be like about this. Like, what's your deal? Like, Why is your life so different? I just got here, and apparently you're no fun now that I got here. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I started believing in Jesus. I start to tell him, like, what, what I believe and why I believe it. We have like a – now, mind you, we're underneath this meteor shower on Flagler Beach, which is beautiful. Yeah. And so I begin to tell him all the reasons why I believe. Like, oh, I believe this. I believe, you know, this is why. You know, I've been praying about this. been wrestling about this. And – he just kind of like nodding his head and just like listening. And so for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's really believing in this. Like he's going to like, like you just have that, that prideful moment where you're like, oh, I just convinced this guy to believe in Jesus. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I and he's just like, hang- this <laughs> I just saved him. Like I am a, I'm a rock star. And so I'm sitting there and he just kind of like nods his head and doesn't respond for like minutes. Like it felt like an eternity. He just doesn't say anything. And we're just, again, watching this meteor shower. It's pitch black out. So it's not like I can really see his face. And I just, yeah. but I can just feel him like, I can feel a thought brewing in his head. And I look at him, I'm like, Tim, what's up? Like, what are you thinking? And he says, maybe you're right. Maybe you are right. Maybe your God exists. And I just can't wrap my head around it. I just can't grasp it. I just can't. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, maybe you're right. He's like, but I don't know. And then just like goes quiet. I'm like, what's the matter? What are you thinking? And he says, I don't know, Dave. And I could just tell he doesn't want to say what he has to say. I'm like, just say it. Like, again, I don't know him that well. So he's like, I'm like, Tim, you can say it. And so he's like, I don't know. I just keep thinking that if what you just told me, because again, I spent 30 minutes telling him, he's like, if what you just told me is true, I feel like I'd drop out of school and I'd go to the furthest mountain to the furthest people who've never heard it. And I would die telling them about it. And he's like, if what you're telling me is true, like if what I do in this life can affect eternity, he's like, you don't believe this. He's like, you don't want to know why I don't believe it, Dave? He's like, because you don't believe it. He's like, you're the same person as I am. You just don't do some things that I do. He says, so when I look at your life, I don't see someone who believes something that's insane. He's like, your response should be insane. And like, mm-hmm. goes on to tell him, like basically just, again, he's being very calm and nice about it, but just like, I don't believe it, Dave, because you don't believe it. He's like, when I look at your life, I don't see someone who believes that there's this, God who came in the flesh of man and who died for us and who is going to come back again to like reclaim the earth. Like, I don't see someone who believes this. Mm. And I just hung my head and I said to myself, I never want someone to look at my life and say, you don't believe this, you know, judge my life and go, no, 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 you don't believe this. And so I've wrestled with it ever since. Like, man, I want to be someone that someone looks at and goes, I don't believe what you believe, but man, you believe it. You're insane. Right. And that's always that's always what I hear when when people like exactly what you just said, the idea of like action. Like if we if we believe this, it should be a response of like, how do how do I respond this way? Because that's how an atheist would think about it. An atheist would go, okay, if that's true, then this needs to follow. My actions need to follow in this way. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's like kind of where I am in my like in my journey with Christ right now. It's like I'm just like I feel like. I mean, like my heart is overflowing and I'm experiencing him and like, and knowing him in just such new ways to where I'm like, wait, like, how have I never done anything about this before? Like, Mm. 
like if this is really legit like if this if this jesus guy if he was legit and he really was god in the flesh died for all of us and he like to make us into the image that we were originally created in and to restore us and he does it all out of love and out of mercy and like never like like i mean he could have like wiped out earth his first time when he came but like he didn't like he came and he actually did the very opposite and i'm just like what am I like, how do I not do something about that? Um, mm. Which is kind of why I'm going in the direction I'm going right now. It's I'm just like, I, it can't like, I can't not do anything about it. Like I've seen too much. It's like kind of like everything that like every opinion I feel like I've ever held um, growing up in the church too. So like good opinion, quote unquote, bad opinion, whatever, like it, or like, this ideology or that philosophy or that theology, like it's all kind of fading and it's just Jesus standing before me. Like, what are you going to do with what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like, I have to go do something. Like, I can't, like, I can't not like how, like I would be an awful human being if I know this truth now. And it's like, okay, well, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. So uh, man, like for your buddy to say that, that's like, that's that's i mean that's convicting me now so like god bless him because no it's true like i've literally to this day like i tell that story i mean that story changed my life like it's still to this day something i think about all the time is man when someone who if some if some alien from another planet got dropped off into the into my life would he look at me and go wow you believe something radically different than the rest of these humans believe right or would he go wait what do you believe oh that's interesting i I couldn't tell Mm. right like it's and again, I'm, we're not we're not advocating for a works-based salvation. We're just saying, man, two plus two should equal four. Right. If this is, right, it's the guy who finds a treasure hidden in the field. Jesus talks about the man who finds a treasure hidden in the field. And then in his joy went and sold everything he had to buy the field. Mm. Right? Like when you find a treasure, no one has to convince you to go get it. Mm. You're like, take everything, right? No one's begrudgingly sold everything they had to buy a field that had their greatest joy in it. They just do it. Like, it's right. just a response, you know? Right. And, I mean, that's really what, I mean, the apostles are all saying. Like, we want to chalk up James to being like, like, oh, but he preached works and then, like, Paul's preaching faith. And um, But it's like, no, I mean, that's what the apostles are saying is they're like, you will do something about it when it hits you. Like, when it hits you, the game is over. Like, the game has changed. And, like, yep. that's, I mean, like, our lives are literally over. I think, actually... Um, that's kind of where I reached the point with my life is like I had kind of done the quote-unquote Christian life and was like felt pretty successful at it um, like in college and I just reached this point where I was like is this it like is this legit it because I'm I feel like I've checked all the boxes and like but I feel so like I feel like something's missing like to the point where I was like is it even worth living anymore? Like, if this is, like, supposedly truth and, like, I've followed it, why do I feel like this? Like, why is it, like, there's this disconnect? And I just remember, like, the Lord met me one night and was like, it is time for you to die. And mm-hmm. it's, it is time for Michael Mayaka to die so that I can finally live in you. And I can finally, like, start to recraft you into the image you were originally made in. And... Uh, like since that night it's been game over for me what do you think what do you think it was that kind of led you to that point like what was yeah god doing to like bring those thoughts up or was it just sort of like a lot of things i mean it was a lot of things i mean it was kind of like i was chasing this like baseball dream of um you know playing professional baseball and you know being the tim tebow of major league baseball even though now he's going (laughs) to be the tim tebow it made sense back in the day but now he's actually doing it so i'm not necessary anymore for it yeah god's Uh, like got it figured it out you're good i'm actually he's gonna go do it (laughs) um so kind of like chasing this like how can i be this like radical jesus loving baseball player um how can i like go do missions and you know save the lost and how can I know all these Bible facts and how can I, you know, all these things. And then it all kind of came crashing on my head. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I, I can't be this Christian. And it was this, I think the Lord met me in that place and was like, yeah, because you're completely forgetting like me. 
in it. Mm. Like I was completely at the church of Ephesus <laughs> and it was like, you've completely left me. Um, and you've actually never even let me into these, these places to, um, to take them over and, mm. and for them to be what they were always originally intended to be. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like, uh, the bar kept getting set higher and higher and higher and I couldn't make the jump anymore. And it all came crashing down and in the free fall, um, Jesus met me and completely just wrecked and my life in the best way possible. Wow. So that's good. Met me in the free fall. So now what? Like you're, you're there, God's doing a work in you. And it sounds like a guy, you know, like when Jesus talks to Nicodemus about being born again, right? Like it sounds like in that moment, there's this like radical shift that starts to happen. Now what, right? Now, how many years later was, are you here and kind of what brought you from there to now, right? Like what's happening in your life after that? Right. I think it's been four or five years now. Um, and, and it wasn't one of those, like, you know, it's so funny. I, I guess it's not one of, even one of those, like, oh, I wasn't a Christian before then, or I wasn't following Jesus. It was just something about that moment where it was like, the game's over. Like, the game is completely changing from here on. Like, I, I feel like I have truly encountered who Jesus is, and I can't leave the same. And so, you know, with that, like, how could I then be a baseball player the same anymore? Or how then could I be uh, an artist the same anymore? Like, how could I be these things and these, you know, these these gifts that I have? How can I do these things the same anymore if I'm not the same anymore? Um, which is funny because I think I spent so much of my life trying to use these things for God's glory and, like, transform them and, and being like, oh, but, like, I'm going to be an artist, but for Jesus and like not actually even understanding what that meant where it's like, yeah, I could be an artist for Jesus, but are you a Michael for Jesus? Like, are, mm, that's good. Are you yourself for Jesus. Um, and so I think it's like, as soon as that, that switch happened, like all those things just kind of flowed naturally. And like, I spent so much of my life, like, um, kind of focusing on like technique of art, um, and creativity and actually like, working on my you know like the shading and color theory just like art or stuff um but i think at that point i was like i like i even if i like never grow like in my art technicality anymore like i have a message to now give in the art you know like and and i think that's something that i'd never had before mm. um that i could take you know these like beautiful drawings that someone else had done and i could create better copies of them but um i didn't have a heart to you know put into my art and i think as soon as christ took over my heart then like i had an art or i had a heart to put in my creativity and in what i did that's huge no it's 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 <clears throat> that line that you said of like be about are you going to be a michael for jesus like it's so easy to be like Oh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. I want to be an artist. I want to be a professional baseball player. And then I'll find a way to sprinkle in the Jesus side of it so that I can be a, I can do a Christian. I can do it the Christian way, yeah. right? And so then we try to create this like, which again, not to even make this about ODG apparel, but like we get people who will message us on Instagram and Facebook and different things. And they'll say things like, because one of my stances is like, I don't want to put verses and crosses and different things that really just automatically, you know what they mean on them. Um, and they're like, well, that's because you're ashamed of the gospel. I'm like, no, I, I don't need my clothes to be bold for me. I want to be bold. Right. Right. Like, and so I think it's such a Christian thing to be like, oh, I'm going to just do what I want to do. I'm going to be a professional baseball player or a, for me, it was tennis. I'm going to be I'm a tennis player. Or I'm going to be a business owner and I'll, I'll be a Christian about it too. Instead of like, Jesus, my life is not mine. Right. Like, what do you want from me? Right. right? Because it's, it's such a different, like, that's what, that's kind of my aversion to like some of the Christian stuff that's out there. It's like. What's the point of wearing a shirt that has all this Christian stuff on it? Who it's only for you at that point. It's literally just because you like it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you know no one's gonna go, that's really cool. Tell me about this, Jesus. Right? Or like it's just it, never yeah, gonna yeah. happen. Or it does something that you like that you yourself are scared to do. That like mm, yeah. I'm gonna let my shirt say something that I would actually never say. Um yeah. which is like a not a very good place to be. But totally I think yeah, I mean totally, I think that's where so many christians are is that like they're kind of like sprinkling christ as salt um mm. onto their lives and instead of like 
actually letting him be their lives. And um, like, and I think actually like a lot of Christians are scared to do that because it's like, oh, well, like he may send me to deepest, darkest place of the world, or mm. I might not be able to be a professional baseball player. I might not be able to do these things or whatever, but it's like, I mean, truly, if, like, if he's taken over our lives, and honestly, like, when we realize, like, like, what we were saying earlier, like, the gravitude of the gospel, nothing else should matter. I mean, mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter, like, I mean, if, like, if truly, if we feel like we've encountered Christ, and we're like, okay, but, like, I still want to do these things, like, I'm kind of like, no, you haven't, like, honestly, like, when you truly are like, dang, like, Jesus is it, like, there is mm-hmm. no other thing like Jesus, nothing else matters um so true I, I think, it's so so I, good I, I truly think so many christians and, and just people are, are are scared of um admitting that and and because it might completely wreck their lives in the best way possible well it, it, i mean yeah it's the c.s lewis quote it's like settling for sandboxes when when a cruise is offered to you right infants mm-hmm. settle for a sandbox because they don't know the beauty of a of a cruise of a holiday of a vacation and so it's it's one of those things where it's like it's so easy to go man but if i dive headfirst into jesus he might call me to some radical things no no he's calling you to your greatest joy ever right like one of my favorite pastors of all time john piper has this this phrase that he uses called christian hedonism and his idea being like man we are to be hedonists we are to be people who pursue the greatest joy we possibly can and the problem with the world is not that it's, it desires sin too much, it's that it desires joy too little, right? Like, it's not that our desires are too strong, it's that they're too weak. We settle for things that are okay. When dying in the Middle East for the gospel might be the most beautiful, like, that's where you're going to meet Christ the, the, the cleanest and, the, and the, the, the rawest, the most beautiful way. And, and yet we, we kind of go, I don't know if I, I'd rather do this. It's right. like, man, you don't get it. You don't get what you're giving up on because you actually get Christ. You get him. Right. Right. And it's like, man, if, I mean, I, I remember just meeting with some missionaries last month and, um, and they're out in very uh, intense areas right now. And they were just telling me stories about, you know, they, their friends are being killed. I mean, like one guy like was talking to us about, you know, his, his bullet wounds that he has. And mm. I mean, I mean, it's like crazy stuff. And I think like, I don't know. Maybe this is a little too gung ho, but I'm going for it. Like I like I think earlier on in my life I'd be like, Yeah, like that'd be so sick. But like <laughs> but like, dang, that's intense, you know? And I think now I'm at the point where I'm like like kinda like the point where Paul made. He was like, I mean, if I die, it's for Christ, and if I live, it's for Christ. So mm-hmm. whether I live or die, it's for Christ. You know, and I, I feel like I'm just like reaching that point where I'm like, All right, yeah, if Jesus is who he says he is, none of this really matters. Like mm-hmm then if where I'm going to see and glorify Christ the most is, you know, in the Middle East, um, you know, giving my life for the gospel, then so be it. Because it's going to be like what you're saying, like it's going to be the greatest joy I will ever experience Mm. um, and taking hold of that joy and recognizing it as joy. I mean, it it should be joy to serve this kingdom, um, this kingdom of love and that, and that is for the outcast and that and that preaches the good news to the poor. Um, I mean, that really taking hold of that for ourselves and being like, wow, this should be our greatest joy, um, I think is a conviction that needs to come on a lot of us and me myself even more. So Yeah, and and I read a so I do I do like a like a men's Bible study on Tuesday night and I spent eighty percent of it. Um, and actually now that we're chatting, I'm like, man, I would love to do a podcast where I'm just gonna read a big section of this book that I'm reading. Um, and I think it'll speak for itself, but it's stories of missionaries and stories of kind of what they've been through. And um, I wept, like I'm reading the stories to these guys and I'm just weeping in my living room because it talks of this man who's like um, in China, who was in a prison reform camp for 15 years for the gospel. And while he's there, his wife divorces him and she sends him a letter and he weeps because he's like, I have no one. Like, I, that was it. Like, I have no kids. Like, mm. the only joy I had, the only sliver of life, of breath in my lungs was that I would get a letter from my wife once every three months. And, like, even that's gone. Like, I have yeah. nothing. And he's like, it was in that moment that he was, he, Christ met him, was like, no, no, you have me. 
And like, he's like, I've never felt a joy like that in my entire life. And you're just like weeping, thinking, man, this the God, give this guy a break. And it's like, give him a break. I've just like the God of the universe has just been so clear to him that he said he's never felt a joy like this. And you would ask me to not let him go through suffering to have that. Like, that's a powerful truth. But like you watch these missionaries who on the on the surface, their life, you're like, I would never wish that on my worst enemy. And they're saying things like, man, you don't get it. You don't like I would do that a hundred lifetimes over to get Christ like that. Right. Oh, it's just man. it's hard to to grasp even. Yeah. I mean, the early church, I mean, it says like in Acts that like they celebrated when they were persecuted because they like they then like they could not believe that they were worthy enough to receive beatings for Christ. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember I just like reading that in Acts and I was like, wow, like if we responded to persecution like that and not just like in the physical sense, but just like even in America where we don't really face physical persecution. But if we just face like kind of like, I mean, what we were talking about earlier, like being broken, if we face mm-hmm. that brokenness in those times in our lives where, where Christ is trying to shape us even more, um, if we face that with joy that like that. Um, this joy that it's like we like me right now i get to face this for the kingdom mm. like i'm like dang i like there's no other way to respond to brokenness and to persecution like that so because you can ha- i think part of it is we we struggle to give ourselves wholly to jesus because the you mentioned it earlier just the idea of fear like brokenness and and diving deep into our our sin and our, our, you know, just everything that's messed up in us. We, we're afraid because we just worry like, but Christ, will you catch me? Right. Like, and the reality, like he, he does, right. Like he, it, we have to jump like that leap of faith. Like we have to jump from the mountain and he's looking at us going, trust me, trust me. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to catch you. But there is that, that, that death does like, what if I don't come back alive? And he's like, trust me, this is what I do. I, I bring people from the dead, but we need to die. We need to die to the old life. We need to die to our old, old desires. We need to die to saying, yeah, but Jesus, I really like you talk about professional baseball. I say this to guys that I'm discipling all the time. Yeah. But what if Dave, I do this and like, God doesn't want me to do that. That's possible, right? It, it, it It's also not possible, but I will say this. If you don't die to yourself and you go pursue this, it'll be like poison to your soul. Like you'll hate it. You'll you'll look back on it when you're 60s and go, man, I wish I would have given Jesus my life. Like it won't be like, I really enjoyed this, right? Like, like Jesus is our greatest joy and you can trust him. Like he's not going to just take baseball away from you because he hates you. Like God's not up there like, right. I can't wait to like take things that are really good from them and make their lives suck, right? Like He's like, it's like, it's like, um, I saw a quote the other day. I'm actually, it's funny. We'll talk about it off air. I would love to get your, your thoughts on a design that I'm like playing around with from like a, just anyway, the, the thought is from a quote from John Piper where he says, um, it's not freedom for a fish to be taken out of water, right? Like the water is not the fish's prison. The water is the fish's freedom. But if you take it out of the water and say, now it can, the fish can do whatever it wants. It doesn't need to be in water. He's like, that's not freedom. That's murder. He's like, so when you ask Jesus to like, let you do whatever you want to do, like, oh, Jesus, you know, just doesn't let me live my life the way I want to. It's like, that's like a fish saying, oh, I can't believe I have to be in water. It's like, no, it's your joy. This is your life to, to live in this atmosphere that's been like, so giving our lives to Jesus does feel like restrictions. Sometimes like, well, I can't do this. I can't go party my face off and sleep around. It's like, yeah, because that's like a fish saying, oh, I can't be out breathing air. It's like, no, that's poison to you. It's not good for you. Like, I'm not going to let that happen to you. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. It's not totally. freedom to, to to take a fish out of water. And I think so much of us, like we think, man, I want freedom. I want to live my own life. And we're like, but but you'll kill yourself. Like, you'll, you'll die that way. And it won't be good. Yeah, totally. I mean, so like what that makes me think of is like as far as like fearing that God will take away these things and take away these gifts. Um, like my story with professional baseball is kind of crazy. Like legit, that's what I thought I was going to be doing. Um, I signed um, my first contract, like my first professional baseball contract. And then a week later I got released because my velocity was so down. Um, 
and like through that process, my back was like really messed up, but I wasn't saying anything. Um, and I didn't actually. Really... So about your velocity. So right. like in one week time, you went from being good enough to not good enough. Uh, it was kind of like a, like a month and a half. It was kind of at the end of my senior season, like my back, mm-hmm. like I wasn't saying anything cause the draft was gotcha. coming up and you know, gotcha. like, you know, so I was just, and I, and I actually didn't really know, like it was one of those, like it would hurt to straighten my legs. Um, I just like had a lot of pain and I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and so anyway, so like my velocity starts dropping over the course of like a month and a half. And then I sign, um, this contract and I'm pitching and they see my velocities down and they release me a weekend. And then at like a month later I go to, um, cause I'm like, I can't, like, I literally couldn't drive places. Like my back hurts so bad. Um, so I go to um, this doctor and they take an MRI and they're like, your spine is so messed up. Like your discs are so messed up and you're so young. You cannot play anymore. Like, or you will like horribly damage your future of like walking. Um, and so within like literally a month and a half's time, it went from the joy of signing my first professional contract to then like, you can never do this again. Um, Mm. and I think like as a child, like as a child, that's all I ever wanted to be was this like professional baseball player for the Lord and to use that talent. And, um, so like, if you would have told me that as a kid, I would have like been so confused. And honestly, like when it happened, I was so confused. Um, but the night I got released, my wife had no idea. We weren't married at the time. We were like two months away from getting married, which was which also freaked me out because that was my only income I had was mm. my six hundred dollars a month in minor league baseball. Um, <laughs> so um, I get this letter from her, and the team I'm playing for at the time is called the Freedom. And her letter is like, "Crisis giving you freedom to be everything he's ever called you to be." And I got that letter the night I got released. And she had, like, no idea. She had sent it in the mail. Um, and I got that letter. And I just knew. Like, I don't know. It was just this, like, revelation of, like, wow. Like, this had its time. But it's time for something else. And there was, like, freedom in that. Because I was like, this is what following Jesus looks like. Like, there, there's so much freedom in Christ that even this, like, lifelong dream I had for, like, 21 years that took, like, literally 20 years of hard work to get there and that was gone within like a week like there was freedom and even letting that go to christ and i mean that's what i just want to encourage people with like there's like when you are truly following christ there's nothing you can't hand over to him and like expect anything else in return other than himself like you'll just be pleased with that i mean like what you were talking about with the guy in the um i can't remember this was before error on air but um i mean the guy in in the prison camp um Mm, with his wife like i mean his wife leaves him and he was filled with he he was still filled with a joy that he's never known and experienced because i mean like if christ created us and we're made in that divine image then there's no other image that can satisfy us like that divine image yeah like jesus is better yeah like there's just (laughs) there's never a time where that's not true totally right like jesus is better and and again I don't want anyone to ever hear from this podcast that the two of us have figured this out and that's why we're chatting. Oh, about. no, dude, I'm no, so we're... confused right now about so much stuff. <laughs> and, and part of it is like we say that out loud as broken people struggling to believe it every day. Trying to actually when we... do something about it, yeah. Yeah, but when we catch a glimpse of it, there are these pockets of time where we're just like, I, I know it to be true. In my bones, I know Christ is better. But I wrestle, I struggle, I fight. Um, I, I met with some guys, some young life. So I'm a young life leader here in, in, in Manatee County. And I meet with some guys on Thursday mornings. And I don't know if you've ever heard the song Grace Alone by King's Kaleidoscope. Oh, yeah. King's Kaleidoscope. I, sick. I'm obsessed with yeah, them. So, so if you're cool. listening to this podcast, go. Maybe I'll play King's Kaleidoscope at the end of this podcast. I'm sure that's like illegal, but <laughs> hopefully, they hopefully they don't mind. It's for the sake of the gospel. It's for the gospel. And, it's for the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, just this song of being of grace alone. And so I literally printed out the lyrics for them. which just like, Hey, listen to this. And the whole point of today was, man, Christ does this by grace alone. Christ will make himself look beautiful in our eyes. Not because he isn't beautiful, but because we need new eyes mm-hmm. and he'll do that work. He'll give us the eyes to see him. And they're like, well, what do we have to do though? I'm like, believe me when I say that, believe him when he says that he will do it. Yeah. And I was like, he doesn't need our help. So these are, uh, christian school kids 
And so they're just used to like, okay, but I need to do something. Right. I need to leave my life of sin first. I mean, no, like you don't. I know that sounds like I'm saying keep sinning, but what I'm saying is obviously if you're running towards sin, you're not believing that Jesus is going to take the scales off your eyes, right? Like just believe him, just stay where you are and wait on him. Trust him, believe in him that he is coming for you, right? Like he, even though you hate him, even though you run from him, even though your heart is wants these other things, he's still pursuing you and he will do it by grace alone. We don't, he doesn't need our help in that process. And it's so hard to believe that. It's so hard to trust that. It's so hard to, again, hope in that, like like someone jumping off a cliff, that those hands of grace will catch you. Right, that he'll be there in the free fall. It's like, yeah. no one wants to live like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, but like, what a, what a beautiful way to live. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, it's funny because anyone listening, I, I'm uh, this will hopefully encourage you because, man, there's some days it's like, man, I'm so on board and I'm just like, I'm filled with this joy of Christ and I'm like, this is worth giving everything for. And then there's some days I wake up and I'm like, I feel like I don't even know Jesus. <laughs> like, I need faith, you know? And that's something I've actually been really convicted of lately is to pray for faith. Like faith is in scripture. It's said to be a gift. It's like a gift of the spirit. And I think I just always assumed that like, like, yes, like Christians, there is this general faith that we have. Like, to be a Christian, it means to have faith in Christ. But it's something that we should never stop praying for. And I was, like, literally convicted of it last week because I was, like, I've been, like, in, like truly have had a relationship with the Lord for, you know, 19 years or whatever. And I have never once prayed for this gift of faith. And... um so yeah, and then there's some days where it's like, God, I just need faith. Like I, like I, I'm a mess without you. I just need faith. So totally that like we can say these things, and it's like, oh, but like at the end of the day, we're broken people trying to also figure this out. Hmm. So good. It's the gospel. That that is the like, gospel. It's Jesus. good like, news yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good news for you and I. It's good news for our wives. It's good news for the people listening. It's good news for my kids who are downstairs screaming. Um, it's just good. Like the gospel, I've said it probably on every podcast up to this point. But like I said it to my guys this morning. It's something the Lord's really been teaching me in this season of my life. And the gospel is a removal of a weight, not an adding on of a weight. Mm. I think the gospel can feel like, especially for someone like me who grew up in the church and for these guys I met with this morning, something they have to do, something that's been added to their life that if, man, if it wasn't for the gospel, if it wasn't for Jesus, they could just live a normal life. But there's this thing being added to their lives that they have to like figure out and deal with rather than no, the good news is a, is good news. It's someone removing a weight from your shoulders. It's not someone adding something to worry about. It's something taking things away from you and saying, you are free now. Um, yeah. Not, here's this burden that you have to carry. Because right. I think it, it, it can feel that way. Like if we're honest with ourselves, trying to follow Jesus, trying to run from sin, trying to love our wives well, trying to be good believers, like whatever, fill in the blank. It can feel like things we have to do. But man, the good news is that it's good news and it should make us breathe a breath of fresh air. Like I'm saved. I'm free. I'm, I, I'm new rather than I have to. I, you know, it's like, no, no, no. You've been set free rejoice in that freedom you know live in that right that's just been huge for me recently right like and i think that's something like i think one of the most mind-blowing things to me about jesus is like all the paradoxes within himself like these two things that can't seem to be true and um like that's why i did the, that line in the lamb painting based off of revelation um but like what you're talking about is this addition of freedom that like how can there be something added that's lighter you know, but it's this addition of freedom that we're given. It's, so, it's, yeah, that's such a cool point. what he says. It's like my, like, literally join in with me. Like, he gives the imagery of the oxen. He's like, get under this yoke with me. Like, get under this thing we carry together for it is light. Mm. And it's like this addition through freedom. I, it's, it's so beautiful that, like, I mean, Jesus is just filled with these paradoxes where you're like, how can this be true? And it's so beautiful and marvelous and Oh, I could go on and on, but yeah. No, and and well, you talked about this um, 
man, I just lost my train of thought. You said, uh, I'll edit this out, but you said oxen. Um, Yoke is easy. Dang. Dang. Join in with me. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, this edition that is freedom, right? Yeah. You so you said you said this edition that's freedom, and it, I just yesterday um, heard some people talking about this on a podcast that I was listening to about a line from Narnia that I haven't I haven't read all of Narnia, but they were talking about their favorite line from the from the series by C.S. Lewis. And so the story, if you don't know it, is about it's an allegory for the gospel, and Jesus is this lion, and the lion is called Aslan, and the young kid in in the story sees Aslan and says, wow, you've, have you grown? And Aslan says, no, no, no. I've always been this size. She's like, that's so weird. You seem so much bigger. And he says, that's because you've grown. The more you grow, the more I grow. Mm. And it like, that's so powerful. That's the gospel. The more that Christ pours into us, right? There's this paradox of the bigger he gets, but he was never like the more we grow, the more the lion looks bigger the more the line is bigger in our lives as we perceive it. And so just the idea of like the parrot, I don't know why that made me think of it. Just the idea of there are so many things we cannot wrap our head around about this, but that little line in that book that C.S. Lewis just powerfully writes of like, wow, that doesn't make any sense, but it does at the same time. Like totally. Christ grows as we pursue him um, in our own mind and heart, as we understand him better. And it's because we're growing. And so, so yeah. I don't know. Does yeah, that make it, sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's like, like again it's like approaching scripture approaching jesus with a pinhole view that like mm. if we approach it always through this pinhole view he's never going to get bigger mm. um but like what saint augustine said like letting the lion out of the cage like mm. letting like instead of like what is my view of christ just be like who is christ like it doesn't matter mm. my view of him like who is he like honestly like 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 throw the pinhole away and look at him for who he is. And it will be exactly like C.S. Lewis describes it. And that like, he will keep growing because we keep mm. growing. Mm. It's so true. It's so good. Okay. To kind of like real quickly before we finish the podcast, I feel like we, we intended to talk about art and we never ended up getting there because we got so excited about everything. Else. <laughs> we just, um, just, Jesus took us over. Yeah. So from an art perspective, something that Actually, before we even get in there, I want to tell you an idea, and I we kind of touched on it beforehand, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, okay, yeah. you you designed the Don't Eat Yellow Paint. Like, I called you up and was like, hey, I have this really simple idea. Like, I just need you to put it together, and it probably took you eight seconds to make. Right. But the truth is so powerful. Like, I would love to make, like, a video kind of explaining that design with, like, you doing some of that, like, live art stuff that you do. Because, to me, that design really communicate is is is. I think the epitome of what this company I want it to be because even with the bare fruit stuff, like it's great. It's awesome. It's one of our more popular designs to tell a style. Like I'm looking at some of our designs now, like in a, in some, some stickers I have on my desk and like anchor and call me Lazarus. Like there's so many great things that we have, but with donut yellow paint, it is so unnervingly weird that people are like, why does your shirt say don't eat? Like, obviously I don't want to eat yellow paint. And you're able to be like, yeah, but don't you do stuff like that all the time? Like, it's such a powerful truth that I really would love to make a video about it yeah. where, like, you're painting it live and there's, like, a voiceover for it. And so, just side note, like, we should definitely chat about that yeah. a little bit. No, I'm stoked. ODG fans, stay tuned. It's yeah, stay tuned. Let's make a video about that. But kind of going forward, like, as you do your art, as you create it, like, how are you able to – communicate truth and be mindful of like man you know what i'm saying like art can be vague sometimes if you're not like really good at it and so how are you able to do that and to to be like i think about your line in your lamb stuff like to communicate real truth that isn't cheesy and sort of like oh cool it's a lion it's a lamb like how do you kind of do that all at the same time does that make sense yeah totally um i mean because i don't think a lot of people do that well i think a lot of people usually have to choose one or the other. They usually choose good art at right. the expense of the gospel or they choose, you know, quote unquote, the gospel at the expense of art, which I don't think God would intend or want either. Right. They choose those really sick billboards that say like, you're going to hell and has zombies. And yeah, like, exactly. And like, oh yeah, that's, that's the gospel said no one. Um, yeah. yeah, no, totally. I, it's funny. I think art, like, I don't know. I think art is so free to express. I think that's like, I feel like it's probably the easiest medium to express 
Um, I think, like, I look at writers and I'm like, I don't know how you guys get any point across. All you have is, like, 26 letters if you're in English, mm. you know? And, like, and, but, like, art, I'm like, you have emotions, you have colors, you have figures, you have movement, you have all these things. Um, and so I, I think, like I was saying earlier, like, I think so much of my life I spent on the technical side of art of, like, you know, color theory and all those kind of really fun, boring things. Um, but I think really it's just like once you have a heart and a message, then your art gets carried to a whole new level. Um, and so th- I think that's what I challenge artists with is like, okay, but like what's your heart? Because anyone can learn like the technical side to art. Like anyone can become a good sketch artist in my opinion. Um, I don't think you're just like – I mean I think some people are born with that like uh, inclination. Same with like athletics or genetics. But um, – I mean, you have to work for it. Like, you have to work. So, you know, you can train to be a good artist, but you can't train to have a good heart um, and, a, and, a, and a heart with a message. And so um, I think that's something I'm actually trying to cultivate more in my creativity is my heart instead of my actual mm. skills. Um, it's funny because as I've grown, like, as I've progressed in art, technically my art has become worse. Um, like, I'm mm. not as caught up in like oh is this like proportionally correct or is this color actually accurate like it's it it's funny because like legit my art is becoming worse but i feel like it's becoming so much better because it actually Mm. has that message that's being um, well i think that's so powerful i think it's so powerful too about you talk about like god the creator god right and like how obviously we're talking about a thing art and design and creation is something that god created right like it's not like God created the world and was like, oh, wow, we have this thing, art now, that they figured out how to do. It's right. like, oh, he was the first one doing it. Um, and I just think about, like, that idea of what you're talking about. Like, good art, we, we think about art that's, like, stood the test of time, like, since, you know, for centuries. And it's, like, so much of what separates good art from bad art. And, and again, you're the artist, so you tell me if I'm wrong here, is is that heart behind it, right? Like, there, you can somehow, some way, in God's creation, there's this message that holds true and rings true in a piece of artwork that for some you can, it, it, it never dies in the art. And that's why it still lives today for other artists. You're like, that looks great, but it does nothing for me. Does that right. make sense? What I'm saying? Like there's right. this, there's this like immutable thing that can happen in art that like it keeps its meaning for centuries. It like right. doesn't leave when, when the artist has truly put that work into it, that, that, that emotion into it. Right, and it's and it's this balance. Like you know, you have those people who do the hyper realism paintings that you know take a year and a half, and like every pixel is correct kind of deal. Um, and then you have like it came out of this like art history nerd moment, but the Dada movement, which was essentially all this pe- all these people that were like, well, art is emotion, so I'm gonna make trashy art, and but it's gonna be able to be art. So they brought like toilets to uh, art galleries and was like, this is my art. Um, so it's like this yeah so and everyone's like no one likes those people um so it is this (laughs) (laughs) it is this balance of like okay like um yes it is about the uh the heart and the message but you also have to have to do it tastefully and and often the more tasteful it is and the more um really technically better it is the better it is received. Um, I, that's well, that even I, says something. That even says something about the heart of the artist too. Right, someone who's right. willing to put the work in. Like I feel like things stand the test of time when they're done well, right? Like right. it's it's th- these. This is the an anal- analogy for the Christian life, right? Like Christians who are all about sharing the gospel but not sharing it well, like that's not good. You know right. what I mean? People who are all about sharing it well who but don't share it, like it, like it, that is what it means to be a Christian, I feel like, you yeah. know? And I feel, and if you're sharing the gospel, like the gospel is contagious. I'm sorry. Like when you truly, when people hear about, I mean, God coming to us to rescue us and recraft us into that divine image. I mean, that is contagious to a human soul. And so like, I think that like, you can have these like incredible, like I've gone to incredible art exhibits and none of in the, in the arts power has never left the wall. But in like in my opinion, like art's power is not hung on walls; it's hung on people's souls, and that like the art literally like for art to be powerful, it has to come off the wall, and like literally like how it has that hanger on the back of it, it now has to get hung up onto someone's soul, and like when I can create something that has done that, 
to me that is that's what it's all about that's what art is boom there you go i love it michael thank you so much for being a part of this podcast that was money i really enjoyed that i feel like we could do this every week but seriously thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast to talk to us about kind of where you're at and where jesus is showing you things and teaching you it's, it's honestly been an honor so thank you so much for being on the podcast absolutely thank you so much it's uh i love og and it's just fun let's do it again sometime let's do it my man <laughs> Well, there you go, guys. That is another one of our long-form podcasts with one of our good friends and designers, Mike Mayako. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please, please, please go subscribe. Go leave us a review on iTunes. Only good reviews. We don't want bad reviews. If you stop listening, we'll know you don't like it. So, no, seriously, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it pushed you towards Jesus. Um, Yeah, and I hope that if you're struggling figuring out, man, what is God calling me to, and you feel kind of all over the place, just trust Him, right? Uh, seek him in his word and realize that sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want it to, but that doesn't mean that God isn't good and that God isn't sovereign and in control and kind of orchestrating all these things for our good and for his glory. So enjoy it. Uh, look forward to the next podcast coming out usually every Wednesday if we're not lazy and if we don't mess up and if we don't forget. So anyway, look forward to it next week. We'll see you guys there. Keep seeking Jesus. He's worth it.